Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. We're digging around in the subject of redemption. I heard y'all have had some wonderful services. Praise the Lord. I rejoice that men and women love God enough to come to church on Wednesday night and hear the word. Well, I tell you, keep you alive, keep you going, amen? 1 Corinthians chapter 1, I'm just kind of flying around idling my motor for a minute. Some of you may know what that means. Hallelujah. Now, what I'm excited about is things the Lord has shown me here in the past couple of weeks. And many times it is in a fight of faith that God's able to speak to you in a way that he doesn't speak to you, you know, if you wasn't in a fight of faith. It's not that he's trying to get your attention, it's that the situations get your attention. And you're like, I better pay attention here and really hear what God's saying, amen? But you know, the Lord began to speak some things to me because, you know, myself in ministry, I mean, at the end of the day, and we're going to share some of these things as we continue to go this direction, but, you know, I really have never been in ministry to, for anything other than to help people. You know, I really don't care about somebody knowing who I am or what I've done or stuff like that. Really, I, I don't know. It really, that never really did. I never really did, wanted, wanted that. I remember when I used to rodeo when I was a kid, and, and when I really got uh, into, a, into a race for a, for a, to, to win state, high school state championship, I thought to myself, you know, because several of these guys, they wanted to make a name for themselves. I was just trying to make it from this one rodeo to the next one, you know? I'm really like, well, you know, if somebody knows who I am, that's cool, but, you know, that's really not the issue of what's going on here right now. You understand that? And so, you know, all of that stuff that a lot of preachers think they have to have and do, I really don't because that, that's really not what's going on here right now. What's going on here right now is there is an incredible pressure upon this earth that is taking place right now. There is a there is a literally a birthing pain, like a like a woman, you know, that's that's you know really right there at the point in which she's fixing to give birth, and those pains are beginning to come strong, and you know they're coming faster and they're coming stronger. And listen, it's been going on for a while. That's why it's not like, well, it doesn't seem so bad. I'm doing so good. No, it's been going on for so long. You're just used to it being to where it is right now. But I guarantee you, if you could be translated back to about four or five years ago and then flopped right back here. And not, and not know what went on and see what is going on right now, you'd go, oh my, are you kidding me? This is what's going on? Not just, you know, politically or medically or socially, but just the whole atmosphere, the whole attitude of literal anarchy, mental anarchy, financial anarchy, militarily, medically, and just about everyone. They're about to lose it. They're about to lose it. And what's amazing is this. In the midst of it, there is stirrings beginning to take place in the church. There are things that are beginning to happen supernaturally, results of prayer. Men and women that have stood in faith and believed God that this day would come, and when it comes, you'd be ready, the right place, the right time, doing what you're supposed to do. And that's most important because I fought and struggled. Listen, I'm like anybody else, man. I, I, I traveled 18 years, and, and, and in the, how would you say it, in that traveling trajectory, I was right on time. Growing in ministry, gathering a staff, 
greater doors opening. Some things that the Lord spoke to us, Leah and I, while we were in Mexico, I've come back and gotten my little catalog of prophecies and go back and review some of the prophecies that were given to us 30 years ago, that today those prophecies are being fulfilled right now, right now. I'm like, oh my goodness, this was prophesied to me 30 years ago. Amen? And the reason it's coming to pass now because I'm still here for it to come to pass. Amen? So I'm like anybody else in all those traveling years. I was on the board of seven churches. Every church that I was on went through a, went through a time in which they were in some hotel ballroom, then some you know, temporary area, then they built a building. Most of them did it within a you know, three to five to seven year period. Maybe one of them may have taken about seven years to do. But it was, you know, I mean, easy. Your church went from a, went from a, you know, a, a, a dozen people in someone's living room to 100 people here and then, you know, 300 people in some storefront and then 500 in this building. Then you add on to that building so you can see. It was nothing. I mean, it was just, I went through all of that and knew it like I knew the back of my hand. We took off on the same trajectory. Boom, just took off, kept going, kept moving forward. Then we hit Ike. Ike was an unusual event in the spirit. I didn't understand how real until even recently. But the Lord spoke to me about the end times in the last days. And now in the last days, there would be perilous times. And in that word peril, you will find that there's an element of persecution in that peril that has to do with the church being under great pressure. Amen. So we have to realize that we are, we are in a preparation time right now in which God is building strength and character and faith on the inside of you. You said, what do you mean by that? Well, Lee and I, just we just fought a few little battles here in the last, oh, two or three weeks. And it's amazing how much we laughed in the midst of it and how much we counted it all joy to use our faith. It wasn't like that before. We were just like, yeah, you lying devil. We were laughing, laughing getting on the plane, laughing fighting him in Mexico, laughing on the way home, laughing and just kind of going, you know, yeah, okay, yeah, this is a little suffering. Yeah, this ain't very comfortable. Yeah, this ain't very good. But in the midst of it, just glorifying God and saying, hallelujah, look what faith can do, how it can set you free. Look what happens when God speaks and activates vision on the inside of you and you know what to do in the days ahead devil doesn't like that. He wants you to pay attention to little old petty fights and this and that and the other thing. And, and you know, this person said this. And did you hear what happened? And he wants you all fixated on that so he can distract you. And literally at this day and hour, careful. Because you, you may have a little more to lose if you miss the rapture. So I really don't want to. So I keep myself constantly sifted. Am I doing the right thing with the right people at the right time? Am I saying? And now the Lord has begun to add information into that. And this is what the Lord spoke to man. I said, Lord, I'm not, you know, I've got a piece of land worth, you know, probably now all things being equal, several million dollars. Our church doesn't know anything. We're blessed of the Lord. The Lord spoke to me and he said, churches are not judged by the imprint they have in the natural or the footprint they leave in the natural, but only in the spirit. And then the Lord comforted me and said, don't worry, your spiritual footprint is well big enough. I said, okay, Lord. That changed my whole perspective of a whole lot of even what I'm teaching when it comes to redemption and teaching on these power subjects. And man, thank God, here we are at Easter time. <laughs> Glory to God. 
This is the day, this is the day that they took him. He didn't go, listen, he didn't, he didn't get, he didn't get, he didn't suffer on Friday and, and, and raise from the dead on, on Sunday morning. That's traditional. We don't even want to go where that came from. But anyway, but he did. He said it. As Jonah was in the belly of the earth three days and three nights, so must the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth, be in the abyss, be in Hades, be in the place of punishment. Why? Because you have, I have to take your punishment or you're going to have to have it. You're going to have to take it. So at this point, at this time, Passover begins when Jesus is taken. And even right now is when his passion, didn't call it suffering, called it his passion began. And he began to acclimate all of the sin and all of the iniquity of the entire world. The only message that will save the world is the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. The only message that will work down in some place like Manzanillo, Mexico, where the cartel says you can't preach the gospel. The only message that will work in Ireland, even when the enemy or, 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 the, or the adversary that has tried to stir up trouble for years and can't do it is even trying now. Still, that message will resonate and bring salvation to even nations if people are willing to live it out in these last days and be unafraid of the day and hour in which they live. And here's the good news. The Word of God equips you with the courage to do it and the way to do it. Amen? So, in study and redemption, the book of 1 Corinthians. Now, the Apostle Paul is dealing with all the craziness that everybody deals with today. Let me just say this. All of the drama, all of the offense, all of the things and all of the mistakes that took place in the initial outpouring of the Holy Ghost in the book of Acts is multiplied and amplified in our day and hour. You say, why? Because it's been 2,000 years. And people have learned to get religious. They've learned to get cynical. They've learned to get philosophical and theological. Amen? But people still have to learn how to grow in Christ. They have to learn how to walk in love. They have to learn that they are, they are Jesus' eyes and ears and hands and feet and mouth in the earth. You are in Christ. I said you are in Christ. God wants you in a body. You say, number one, uh, why does God want me in a church? Number one, it is the place of protection against deception in the earth. Someone that will stay with the Word of God. Amen. Stay with the Word of God, the standard of the Word, and not get into sensationalism. Right now, there's a lot of churches growing that are just very sensational. And one of them, a friend of mine sent me some stuff and said, well, what do you think about this? I said, man, that's all well and good. Praise God. But there's no Word. You can't swing from the chandeliers over service. And you can't drive the sheep. Jesus leads them. That might, that might help you understand some things. Now, 1 Corinthians, Paul began to bring another good thing called the book. I write it under all of them. He began to bring correction to the Corinthians. Correct, correction helps us grow. Now, there in, in verse, uh, begin in verse 10. Let me read just for a moment. Now, I beseech you, brethren, this is verse 10 of 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Now, I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Now notice what Paul does. He says, For it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contingents among you. Now Chloe had a house church, 
and apparently been going to the main church and, and, all, and then all of a sudden said to Paul, hey, I'm telling that guy, them guys are tearing each other apart over there. Amen? Now, there, there, there's a bunch of offended people. They're all messed up with this and that. So notice this. For it has been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are the house of Chloe, that there are contentions, wrangling, fractions, friction, strife among you. Now this I say, that every one of you saith, I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos, I'm of, I'm of Cephas or Peter, or I'm of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you but Cyprius and Gaius, lest any should say that I baptized in my own name or I'm trying to build my own kingdom. And I baptized also the house of Stephanus, besides I know of no other, whether I baptized any other. Now, Paul is, is noticing here there's a problem with water baptism. And water baptism, <laughs> baptism being connected to who put you down in the water? Now, don't y'all laugh, because we do silly things like that, too. Well, I'm telling you, I got baptized by Apollos. Buddy, that guy can preach. Well, I got baptized by Paul, or I got baptized by Peter, and he walked on the water. So they're using it, instead of a point of being blessed or blessing one another, they're using it as a point of contention. Could it be a point of blessing? Sure it could. Oh, I got baptized of Apollos. It was awesome. I heard that Peter baptized you. That must have been cool. Oh, no, we can't act like that. That would actually be walking in love, which would fuel our faith. <laughs> See, Paul realizes this, and he realizes any church that God begins to touch and where the Holy Ghost begins to move, the devil's going to be hanging out, doing everything he can do to try to get people sideways and twisted and mad and all upset. Because why? He doesn't like people having peace and joy, and he don't like people being happy. I know what it is to count it all joy. And I know what it is to be happy but I also know what it is to stay happy. You say, what do you mean? No matter how bad your body feels, no matter how much craziness is going on in the world, no matter how much craziness is going on in the church, no matter how much craziness is going on the highway, it's what I'm driving. I'm pretty happy. And it wasn't a building that made me happy. And it wasn't a crowd that made me happy. And it wasn't an offering that made me happy. I tell you what, when I really began to see what I needed to see and hear what I needed to hear, I got real happy. You say, what'd you see? I saw Jesus. That's what you see? What, what answer did you get that you had been praying? So I, I tell you, I, I heard Jesus. See, when you know answers and what they should be, it's only when he gives you that look in the spirit that you know, mm-hmm, that's cool. And all of a sudden, your priorities change. And really things that really, you might be just, oh, I don't know. You're just kind of like, you know, hey. <laughs> I can see how Paul kind of had that attitude. 
Now, notice what he does. All of this strife, all of this turmoil, all of this fr friction. He says, for Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Not with the wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is unto them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to utter, to, and bring and I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? Now, what would you do if you just came to Paul with the report of all the strife that was going on in the church and that was your answer? You would think that man's on another planet, which may be true. And it may not be that he needs to come to your planet. It may be that you need to go to his because he really ain't got no answer for you on yours. So they bring all this. So what does he do? He slams them with redemption. He says, oh yeah? Someone was going to have somebody come talk to me that was, you know, they were sure they knew about why we shouldn't speak in tongues. And then they thought later, I better not have them go talk to Pastor Rusty. That was a smart move. You say, why? You might get the same thing. Amen. I'm not, listen, I'm, not, I'm done with, you know, being on someone's side or, you know, that's done, that's gone, that's been gone a while. Amen. No, there ain't, no, ain't but one side. That's it. Ain't but one word. Ain't but one spirit. Amen. There's one God and the Father of us all. One day, one day, you figure that out? I'm telling you, the day of you being God's over and you start getting to be a sheep and eat in the pasture and drink the, the clear water. Glory to God. We'll, we'll talk about that. Now listen, listen. I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where's the scribe? Where's the dispute of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For after the wisdom of this world... By wisdom, they knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Now that word save is the same repetitive. It has the same repetitive. How would you call it? It has the same repetitive punctuation in the Greek as, as does the word in Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing, which means you are saved by preaching and preaching and preaching and preaching and preaching. We just had all our, all our stuff that we listened to constantly upgraded, renewed, so we got it on the different technical, technological things. Now we listen to Brother Hagen, Brother Osteen, all those guys on all these different devices and stuff. And we're not trying to promote them to you because we're trying to live out words that were put in us by another generation that are words we're trying to put into this generation, which are words which have been perpetual since Jesus spoke them and since the Holy Ghost penned them through the Apostle Paul. Amen. Now listen to him. This is, this is so beautiful. Listen to listen how the Holy Ghost lays this out. He says, For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek, seek after wisdom. But we seek, but we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto, unto them which are, what? 
called. Now, how many believe you're called? You say, I'm called. You, 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 are you sure you want to raise your hand and say that? Because you are marked. Okay. He knows that. Paul knows that. He's living that lifestyle. But we preach Christ crucified under the Jews a stumbling block, under the Greeks foolishness, under them what you're called, both Jews and Greeks. Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Now notice, for you see, your calling, brethren, how that not many wise after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God hath chosen the, chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, the base things of the world, the things which are despised, hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not, are nothing, to bring to not are nothing things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence, but of him are you in Christ, who of God is made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption, that according as it is written, let, that let he that glorieth, let him glorieth in the Lord. Now, buddy, he just laid them bare. He said, he said look, look, here's what we need to do. We got some church problems, see. Yeah. There's some people been mistreated and hurt. They're in pain. They're hurting. And others are confused. There's others who just don't know and see, you know, we need to bear their burdens. But you know, Paul said, really what we really need to do is we need to shove a load of redemption at them that says, wake up. Recognize the day you live in. Recognize the power of the message of the crucified Christ and how the power of that message is so powerful, it can bring you out of any mindset. It can bring you out of any type of character. It can bring you out of any kind of dominant, how can you say this, dominant trait and reveal unto you the glory of God in you. That's where he places it. And when you begin to place value on all of the petty strife the devil tries to stir up, whether it be in your family or your church, or sometimes he tries to do it in business, sometimes even at your job. Now, people will say this. Well, I'm telling you, Pastor, that's all well and good. And if it's a church, I could clean that. But this isn't my job, and they're all a bunch of heathens. You're the key. Because the reason the strife's getting to you is you're involved in it, thinking you're exempt because it's not the church. Magog! Remember that little guy? Foghorn Leghorn said, get out of my way. He said, yeah, I'm a chicken hawk. He was just a little old bitty guy. Get out of my way. I'm a chicken hawk and I eat chickens. Well, Foghorn's this. Y'all know who Foghorn Leghorn is? For you that don't, he's a cartoon carrier. He's a big old chicken. And he's kind of, he's a rooster. Excuse me, I'm sorry, he's a rooster. Excuse me, Foghorn. I didn't mean to do that. Amen. Get out of here, you bother me, son, you know. So this little chicken hawk flies into the chicken coop, and he's a little bitty, and Foghorn's this big old tyrant rooster, and he's kind of getting it. And so this chicken hawk is going to bring him home for dinner. 
And it's a great illustration of how a believer should act. Because Foghorn was kind of like, get away from me, son, you're bothering me, and all this kind of, and he's like, you don't understand. He'd tell him every time, I'm a chicken hawk. How many have seen that cartoon? <laughs> and you can't, I'm a chicken hawk, and I eat chickens. Every one of those, at the end of the cartoon, that little chicken hawk is carrying Foghorn down the road, and Foghorn's on his back, and he's fixing to go get eight. Am I right? There's got to be something on the inside of you. A want to for God so big that there ain't any foghorn leghorn the devil can produce. Because you figured out I'm a chicken hawk. And I eat chickens. And if this may be a big chicken, I'm going just to have to eat this chicken. That's what Paul's trying to tell him. He said, you're trying, listen, this is in a time in which the Stoics and the philosophers and the Greeks had brought in a tremendous amount of psychology onto the earth. Mix that with the Greek gods that the Romans were serving. Every, every Roman, especially Roman officer, had either Mars or one of the you know, Greek gods that they served and all of the philosophy and theology of that. There was an enormous amount of information just like today. So people had, had choices of what, to adhere to. But I'm telling you, there's one message out there that has this hook in it. And that hook is the love of God. And that hook, that redemptive hook in it, brings you into the reality of what would happen to a, to a race of people. When I say race, I mean the human race. Well, what would happen to a race of people isolated on a planet in a fallen, in a fallen state, suffering death? and punishment by its own hands while it's on the earth. What would be the fate of the, of the planet? Was it evolution? Is, there, is this how it evolved? Or did God truly so love the world that he gave his only begotten son? Everything that's happening right now is foretold in that book. It's happening almost chapter and verse like it's going on. They're not telling you everything that's going on. Things going on in Israel. Things going on in the Middle East. Absolutely crazy. They had to stop people this week from sacrificing lambs on the Temple Mount. They believed their Messiah could appear at any minute. Amen. That's why you got to get real sober. Get real honest with yourself. And ask yourself, what am I doing? And when you answer that question, here's the thing. You know, God has given us this church. Now, I'm going to be real honest with you. I'm going to say some real honest things in the next few months. I've never claimed to walk in the office of a pastor, ever. I've never said, you know, I, people call me pastor, and, they, and you should. If you attend this church, you ought to call me pastor because I pastor this church. But I am a teacher that pastors this church. And it, ain't hard, it is not easy to sit under a teaching ministry. I know that. So I do my best to try to stay with, with things that will not only inspire, but, but the burden of the teacher is proof of what you teach. Because you can sit under inspirational things. And honey, they can... Pay. I was talking to somebody the other day about some of the prophecies that have been given. and They've got this group of prophets and they're very well known and being very celebrated... But they, they prophesy these events and a lot of them even give days and, and times and then we go by them. But they never go back and say, you know, I missed that. 
That's why everything that I get up and say in this church, I check up on it. Did that happen? If it hadn't happened, I'll get up and apologize for it. But I'll tell you what, I haven't found one yet. Amen? Then there's other things we're just praying out by the Holy Ghost. And when I go and I hear and I see how people respond to what we've planted in the nations of the world that we continue to come back here and feed. And somebody one time, they left the church and their complaint was, is you care more about the nations than you care about me. And I said, that's not true. I couldn't do that. God wouldn't allow me to do that because I am a teacher that does pastor the church. So I pastor the church on a little bit different level. It's not the inspirational gift that Jesus puts into a man that makes him a pastor. Amen. I met pastors who didn't know nothing about the word. And they were great pastors. You say, well, they knew how to take care of the sheep. But I have to do it by an informa- in an informational way by knowing it's what I'm putting into them. I want one friend of mine, he's gone on to be with the Lord, but he, he, I really loved him. I preached at his church a couple of times. He did. He pastored a very large church. And he said this to his congregation. I thought it was so good. He said, you know, so many people look for a, for a pastor to see how close they can get to them, to that pastor. He said, but I found just the opposite is true. If I can see how close I can get these people to Jesus. And I, and I kind of call it as a philosophy in ministry. That I was still traveling. I kind of felt like that's really really what I, what, I, what I needed to do is to get people close to Jesus. Because if you get the closer you get to me, the more disappointed you're going to get. Isn't that true of us all? But the closer we get to him, oh my goodness, the more healed we get, the more joy we have, the more peace we have. So, so my life that I'm living, which is not without fights, it's not without, not without drama, but my life that I'm living and not just taking care of this church, but listen, church, uh, people from all over the world call us and depend on us for prayer and for counsel, for all this kind of stuff, and we don't see it as a weight or something, some great prize. It's such a privilege, my God, to be connected to the move of God in the earth in the last days. Where at any moment I could pick up the phone and say, brother so-and-so from just about any nation here and say, God has spoken something. I need to come speak this to you. And they'll say, come now, speak it. We believe you hear from God. Wow. Man, we want that enhanced. We want that to grow in our lives. We want you to see our lives, Lee and I to see our lives and how God blesses us and know that is the path that we're going to begin to cut. So I'm going to share more of this with you. So in closing, I'll share this. Years and years ago, Lee and I had been married about three years. We were in a, we were in a camp, speaking in a camp meeting. I, had, I think I did two day meetings in that camp meeting. And a very well-known minister called us up at a night meeting and gave us a prophecy. And we, we have had that prophecy and the edges are getting yellow now. And we've had it, held it and, and prayed over it. And when it was spoken over us, we, we knew it was God. And it wasn't to, to try to puff us up. And we knew it was not a promise. We knew it was not a promise. We knew it was the potential of what God could do. And so that began to wake up in us, and then God has done some things here in the past couple of months, and, and God has begun to show us that beginning, beginning to come into fruition, and we'll share more of that when we can share the complete prophecy. But part of it said this. It said, in the last days before Jesus will come back, you will cut a path no one else has ever cut. And you'll cut it, but you have to cut it because there'll be so many that will come right in behind you right in those last days. And then the man stopped and said, oh my God, what is that, Lord? And he said, oh, I have to shut up 
because the Lord has shown me the last days. And he looked at me and Leah and he said, glory. And the glory of God just wiped us out. But there's a whole lot to that prophecy that has already came to pass. When I'll read it, you'll see that. But this last part of cutting this path. And so we begin to wonder for years and years, we were like, well, is that maybe Ireland? We went to Ireland in 1988. Nothing was there. I'm, when I say nothing, I mean nothing. And we cut a path. But we did it with another ministry, and, and now we're doing it with other ministries, you know? So that, that okay. We went to Hawaii, to an area of Hawaii that nobody wanted to go to. Somebody asked me one time, did it, did it pay off financially to do what you, Are you kidding me? How many of you send money to preachers going to Hawaii? Amen? I sure would like you to partner with me as I go to the beautiful island of Oahu and minister for the Lord Jesus Christ. Right? No, we, we, left, our, we left our bat ball and catcher's mitt and glove on the field. You know what I mean. You say, why? Because sometimes God requires that. And it was a joy. Amen? But you know, all of those things that we experienced, all of those things that we thought that maybe that was it. We come here to Galveston. Maybe that was it. And the Lord spoke to me about Island Church. And he said, you know, God, the devil doesn't want Island Church on this island. He says, there's other, other churches in ministry. He's allowed to be. He says, he don't want you here at all, period. Especially that stuff you do back there in that room. He don't want none of that. You know, too bad for the devil. <laughs> Amen? So we want to do what? Maybe some of the things that we have the grace to push through will help you get through it with greater ease. Because as pastors and men and women of God that have been around a little bit, we press through. You know, I know that there's always people talking about how long they've been in the ministry trying to, I've been in the ministry 500 years. You know. Cool, you know. But you know, when I was in the ministry one year, I would always say this, man, I've been in the ministry one year. Now, I don't know everything, but I'm telling you, I'm in the ministry. And after two years, I would say, you know, I've been in the ministry two years. Glory to God. I don't know everything, but you know, I just graduated from Bible school about three months ago. Glory to God. You know, and I'd tell the story about that. Then after three years, you know what I'd say? Man, I've been in the ministry three years. And you know what I said after four years? I'd tell everybody, I've been in the ministry four years. Can you believe I've been in the ministry for four years? That's the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. And then after five years, I'd say, I've been in the ministry five years. Can you believe Rusty Martin, the guy from Galveston? Crazy George? Bush? I'm going to tell you my other names I had. <laughs> no, 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 no. I've been in the ministry for six years, for seven years. Amen? I'm still that way today. You say, why? Because every year is such a miracle. I was not supposed to go into the ministry. I was supposed to die. I was supposed to overdose. I was supposed to get the life sentence. I was, listen, I was, I, was, I was supposed to, but what I was supposed to, Jesus interrupted. And I've been in the ministry for 39 years. Oh, my God. See, I say that, and everybody goes, hey, you can't be in the ministry. No, you don't understand. <laughs> you don't understand. You just don't understand. But here's the thing. Same thing's true for you. You've been saved for five years. Wow, man, look what God's done. You could have been dead. 
are even more stupid. It's good to be honest with yourself. Amen? But God redeemed you and blessed you. Now this awesome message. Now look, look, look. Here's the point I wanted you to see tonight because I wanted you to see the trauma of the church and it's like that everywhere. But how Paul's answer, the same way it's Jesus. Now, thank you, Lord, as we're closing. i got just a moment. Jesus in Mark chapter 16. We've mentioned this before. He didn't come in there and say, oh, you know, like flowery movement, everybody, you know, and rose petals are falling from, now go into all the, that's not what happened. People try to paint that picture, but honey, he walked into a scene where people had actually seen him and others had seen him and reported that they had seen him and they were saying, I don't believe you, I don't believe that. Well, he walked in there and said, I'm going to tell you what. Are you out of your mind? You're full of unbelief. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's how he did it. Amen, that's how he did it. So we have to understand there, there are ways God says things that he might not have ever said things like that to you before, that he may say things like that to you in the future to help pull you in together, to be a part of what God's doing. Whether big or small, it needs to be effective. And the Lord really dealt with me about that that spiritual footprint, and he said this, because then as soon as he said that, because I'm, I mean, I, I, I try to know the spiritual things, but I know if you've got a footprint like that in the nations of the world, doesn't it take a mega church to, to undergird something like that? And the Lord said, no, it doesn't. It just takes some people with faith to pray and stand. And then my next question to the Lord was, but Lord, doesn't that bring undue attack that the men and women that you've given me to pastor I don't mind bearing it. I've, I've been under the attack of devils over a whole nation. But what about the people, Lord? And the Lord said, no, there's a grace for you to do it. Tell the people there's a grace. Tell the people a grace is there to step out in faith, to obey God, to begin to get bold, to begin to initiate changes in your life. Don't wait. Listen, don't wait for all this craziness out here to make you change. I, this, is, this is one of the things that God has really pressed on us, and we'll share more later. It's time to get ready. You say, get ready for what? Well, you're going to have to determine what to get ready for, but you're going to have to get ready for it now. Now. There's not time. The Lord spoke this to me very strongly. He said, there's not time for recovery. You, he spoke to me, he said, you don't have time for recovery. He said, walk this out now. Walk it out by faith. Walk it out by love. Bless the people. Help the people. But you're going to have to walk this out now. Now. There's no time for recovery. Serve me. Don't do anything stupid. Stay right in line with the word of God. Pray, 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 pray. Give, give, give. Tell the devil to shut up. Now listen to me. And any information that comes into your ears that carries an emotion with it, you throw it on the floor immediately. You say, what do you mean by that? That's how subtle the devil is now. He comes and puts thoughts in people's minds and brings emotions with that. Man, if you don't know how to stop that, you, I tell you, he'll, he'll wreck your mind. But let me tell you, I recognize something there in Mexico. People don't know everything I know. They haven't experienced everything I've experienced. So I'm really asking God to help me communicate because I've been through these things and I've stood in faith and we've had all the negative press and we've had a lot of things said that shouldn't have been said ever. And I've lived in what I call, what do you call it? I've lived in the, in the, in the alternate universe of Isaiah 14, where dark is, is called light and good is called bad. 
and obedience. This, some of these things. Obedience is called disobedience, and disobedience is called obedience. I've had to live in that type of inversion where I've had to stand on the obedient side and the light side and the right side and everybody else stand on the other side and say, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. And then the years go by and you go, oh my God. I could give you many examples. But here's the thing. Keep your eyes on Jesus. One of the reasons we're still here as a church is we hadn't followed any man. We follow Jesus. Keep your heart pure. Now in prayer, every time we pray back in the prayer room, I always include a cleansing prayer. Lord, forgive us. Have we done anything? Sins of omission. Sins of commission. Search our heart. See if there be any wicked way. Attitude. Motive. Anything in us. Any, anything. I read a deal the other day. You know the only invention that came out of the trip to the moon? Does anybody know? Does anybody know the only invention that came out of our trip to the moon? Does anybody know? Oh, you're going to be educated tonight. It'd be worth your offer. I will take another offering on that one. You don't know? Are you sure? Velcro. Velcro is the only invention. Everything else had already been invented and was being used. That's not a negative statement. I mean, I'm just saying no invention came out of all that work they did except Velcro. And people are like, that ain't nothing. That's just Velcro. I'll take it. Don't miss your Velcro. <laughs> Amen. You love God. He loves you. Don't be mad. Be glad. Be full of joy. Forgive everybody. Forgive yourself. Love everybody. Love yourself. Love God. It's really easy. Amen. Glory to God. Quit being a Democrat. Quit being a Republican. Hey, man, I got, I got friends. They're caught up with it, man. That's the revival they're looking for. I ain't following him. My Savior has already been crucified. And he's risen from the dead. And I'll pray for anybody who wants to do right and righteous. I guarantee you, I'll pray for I'll support them. I ain't going to follow I'm not going to follow them. You say, why? Even what they're trying to fix is unfixable. That's what I'm praying for. Because I believe in the mercy of God may be there. Amen. Don't get caught up. Don't get swept away by anything other than what God's doing and these great changes, these seasons of changes that will result in the great change when we're changed in the moment in the twinkling of an eye. It seems so close. It seems so real. It's just, it's just right here, right here. And we need to be busy. Amen about the master's business. Glory to God. Stand on your feet, if you will. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, we prayed for uh, Brother Roy. There was someone else uh, that was in the hospital we were praying for. Miss Joyce. We need to pray for Miss Joyce tonight. Anyone else we need to pray for? Miss Joyce? Who? Everybody else cool? Oh, that's right. I've, I've been communicating with them, but they got a good report today. So that was good. We, it, was, it, was very, uh, it was very serious yesterday, and we got a good report today. Amen? Isn't that good? So let's just rejoice. That baby's healed to the glory of God. Amen? 
Praise God. Father, we lift up our brothers and sisters. We bear their burdens in the Lord. We surround them with faith and love tonight. We declare your healing power over their bodies. Devil, get your hands off God's property. You leave them alone in the name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you right now. Miss Cindy and Captain Paul, that precious, precious little granddaughter, we declare a wholeness and a healing in her body. In the name of Jesus, we declare no weapon formed against her will prosper. And we thank you that the life of God, the life of God is in her. And Lord, in Miss Joyce, she's fought this. She's stood in faith. She's a woman of God. And we declare with her the breakthrough that she needs. We will not back up, give up, or quit. But we rejoice, rejoice, rejoice in your goodness and mercy. So we leave tonight. We thank you for the protection you afford us in our travels on the airways, highways, seaways, railways, the righteous labor of our hands. Wherever we go, how we get there and what we do when we get there, we thank you, Father. Your hand is upon us. We declare we will not miss it. We will not detour on the exit of offense or hurt. We will not pick up the cause of a victim, but we will walk in step with the one who is victorious. We will stand in faith and believe you, Lord, that the greatest days of the church are dawning now and we get to be a part. How glorious. How glorious. Fathers, we leave tonight. We walk in faith and love towards you. Ignite our heart with evangelism and fire. Let us see every hurting heart, every rejected soul that we come across. Let us be an answer to their prayer, their cry. They don't even know what they're crying out for, Lord. But their cry would be answered. We thank you for divine protection, divine favor, divine health, divine wealth, and divine direction. Hallelujah. Father, we leave tonight walking in love one toward another. Thanking you here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, anointed by the Holy Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah, Jesus.